Oakland, California. I'm Michelle Zambrano, and this is We Are The Voices Radio. Voices Radio is pleased to present inspiring poetry readings and edifying conversations recorded this past fall and in spring and summer 2020. The episodes included in this series feature the voices of nationally prominent activists, scholars, poets, and more. We offer these episodes in the hope that they will contribute to our listeners' well-being and self-reflection and will heighten their awareness and move them to action. We Are the Voices is a Mellon Foundation higher education and scholarship in the humanities funded project that forges an alliance between arts, literature, and public humanities. We are housed at Mills College in Oakland, California, which sits on the ancestral and unceded land of the Ohlone people. This land acknowledgement serves as just a starting point for accountability and for actions to support indigenous organizations and change movements. This episode features a warm and lively community showcase hosted by Mills graduate student and WATV community collaborator, Allie Jones, in the culminating event for her Raise Your Voice community writing workshops. These free workshops supported the work of Black writers in the Bay Area and the dynamic power of writing. Readers include Tongo Ison Martin, Mimi Tempest, Brandon Logan, Jazz Hudson, and Ty Marie. Um, The workshops have been 80%, I guess, maybe 90% online. We would start each workshop just with some breathing, with some meditation to just really ground ourselves. Um, And so I want us just to come to that space. So find a comfortable seat. You can have your camera on or off, uh, but just find your breath. And we're going to take three deep breaths in and out. On the third, you can make whatever noise you need to. Everybody's muted, so you're good. All right, let's take a deep breath in. And let it out. Another deep breath in. Let it out. This last one is the one we're making noises, y'all. Let's take a deep breath in. Let it out. Yes, yes, lip flutters, yes, yes. (laughs) All right, thank you for joining me in that. Uh, I noticed that we are often moving really fast um, and not having time to ground, not having time to just come back to our body. Uh So yeah, I'm gonna go into the inspirations for the the workshops, what it is, um, share a clip from a podcast we recorded And then we're going to get into some readings from folks who have been facilitators and participants in the Raise Your Voice workshop series, uh, which I was like, wow, there have been, it's a series. Like Stephanie knows, it was like, okay, so what if I do this? (laughs) And she was like, okay, for sure. (laughs) So this is very like, 
yeah, start from the bottom. Um, here we go. All right, so raise your voice. I'm so excited for this showcase. We have Tongwise and Martin, Jazz Hudson, Brandon Logans, Mimi Tempest, and Ty Marie. And I'm so excited to have folks reading. Um, like I said, I'm just gonna go back a little bit. Raise Your Voice is a monthly writing workshop. Uh, it's a set of free workshops facilitated by Oakland writers, folks based in Oakland and the Bay Area. Uh, and these workshops are connect, they're exploring connection and healing and empowerment. And, I, and for me, it was really important that they held space for us to be generative, um, especially for me being in this program. Um, workshops, they vary. Right. And so I wanted this space to be one that was different each time you were in it, but also had connections. So if you went to all of the workshops this year, you got something different each time um, while still being able to build on whatever it is you're creating. And that was just really crucial for me. So it's not just like about the product, but about the process and about being able to connect with folks in that process organically. Uh, and I definitely saw that so many times over. Um, so these were the workshops from 2020. Uh, Jazz Hudson was our first workshop facilitator with Right to Mend. We actually were able to have this workshop at Mills. Um, it was really beautiful. Just, you know, being able to be in the same space, but also the space that was created was so intentional. Um, she had us up moving around, just exploring different things. Um, folks definitely always still talk to me about that workshop. Our second workshop was Cultivate Your Community with Tiffany Banks. And that was really beautiful because folks were able to think about like who their communities were and how they were serving them and really how we create that, right? How we write our realities into space. Uh, Maude Alcorn was the facilitator for Step Into Your Power, which was our first Zoom workshop. Um, she, like I, I hit her up, I was like, okay, so we're in a pandemic, what do you want to do? <laughs> and she was like, let's do the workshop. I was like, okay, cool, we'll do it. Um, and that kind of just set sail on all the other workshops. Uh, Taylor Crumpton, we, looked at uh, creating your own lane as a journalist, like how she was able to create a space for herself and a voice. Um, the fifth workshop was supposed to be led by middle school youth um, from uh, East Oakland. And because of the pandemic, the connections were not able to happen to like have the youth facilitate, but it was cool because um, I facilitated uh, and it was actually a really beautiful workshop. And then the inner child healing workshop with Cameron Turner was really sweet because it wasn't one that would have happened generally in the series, but Cam was like, Ali, I really want to lead this workshop. Can I lead it? And I was like, for sure. Like, I'll just, I'll support whatever you need. Um, and that was just, yeah, again, just another transformational space. Um, and this year, um, actually, let me go back. I'm sorry, y'all. So if you notice the first five facilitators are all black women, for me, that was in, extremely important um, for black women to be leaders, facilitators in this space, um, because I really wanted to center black women in our creativity, in our, in our writing. Um, and I was so touched. There was one woman who came last year 
and she had never been to a writing workshop ever. Um, and she was talking about how, you know, in all her years of life, she's been so afraid, you know, of just critique and just judgment of like not having the skills. And I remember her saying, because the facilitator looked like her, like she felt like she could do it. She felt like there was a space for her. Um, and so that was really important for me. And so going into this year, I was like, okay, let's switch it up a little bit. Um, let me bring in other folks I really admire and respect. Um, and fun fact, y'all, I made all of these, <laughs> I made all of these graphics before I asked any of the facilitators. So before I, before I asked anybody, I was like, I'm just going to make these and then ask everybody <laughs> and then like, it'll flow. Um, and it worked out, uh, which is wild, but beautiful. So I'm going to share a little bit from the podcast, which I'm so excited about this. I interviewed Anne Bowie, Adrian Oliver, and Brandy Collins, and it was really just a nice space to reflect, to be able to think about the impact of these workshops um, and hear different perspectives because Anne was able to attend the in-person workshops, whereas Adrian and, and Brandy weren't. And, you know, just thinking about these different things, it's like, but there's something beautiful there because Anne also came to the, like the um, virtual web, the workshops and, you know, everyone's overlap. It, what I learned from everyone talking through this podcast was that time disappears in these workshops. Um, I don't know if folks have been in other like workshop spaces or even just like events that are three hours. I'm usually like, okay, it's time to go. <laughs> like I hit a point. Um, but with these workshops, I feel like we, there's just always like, I'm like, oh wait, it's over. And I remember with Jazz's workshop, we went over, we were all like, oh no, we're going to stay. We're all just going to chill. Um, so yeah, I'm going to share a bit of the podcast and then we're going to hear from Jazz. Um, is, is that cool for folks? I'm going to check. Okay. I'm like temperature check. Um, all right. Show up and make an effort. It does not have to be a for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, it's very unique. Like Roxanne Gay, Roxanne Gay's, you know, we've heard the stories about it, like they start later, but you, it, experiencing it in this culture that we live in where, you know, if you don't get it by 25 or 30, you're not going to have it. And I'm like, I'm still very vital and young. So, I mean, I'm not that young. My back hurts, but <laughs> I'm young <laughs> and we're like, this is still a very new beginning and it's lovely. I love it. It's great. So I'm curious about how about how this space uh, impacted your writing. Mm. Um, it's really opened me up creatively, and it's really helped me identify how I can say the words out loud. Um, I'm not traditionally, and I say traditionally, uh, um, a poet. I'm not. I think I can speak poetically. I think I can write poetically, but I don't always call myself a poet. I call myself a writer. And 
whenever I'm writing something or whenever I'm reading out loud, which is something I'm not used to doing any longer. I haven't read out loud since college because <laughs> there's no, there's, I've done proven, I've done presentations. I have read slides, but I don't read writing out loud. There's no space for that. Mm. And having the, the space to read something that I've written out loud in a creative space and with other people who are creative, it's a support system that I did not realize I needed. It's very unique. Like in a person, as a person who in a professional environment, you get up, you go to work, you do the mundane, you write reports, you write, you know, um, probation reports, or you write memos, all of these things. But these are not things that are creative. You don't feel like you're, you're saying it. I mean, per my last email, yeah, we all laugh. And we say it out loud to each other, but it's not, you know, it's not the same thing as a rhythmic speak in poetry. Right. So, yeah, that was Brandy. Um, like Mike. Hey, Brandy. <laughs> and, you know, I, I hope you all listen to the podcast. Um, like I was saying earlier, there's a Padlet. I'll share it in the the chat and all the links are active. You can go off of them. But listen to the podcast. Um, each person is, offers a different perspective and it's really just this opportunity for us to learn from each other. Um, and also, you know, for me, I was like listening like, wow, the impact of these workshops is just so beautiful to hear across, you know, like the folks I wanted to like know that we have space, you know? So like, I was like, yay. We did it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're going to get into our speakers now. Um, I'm so excited. Let me see. So I never, I never like to do the whole like bio thing. Um, so I'm just like, everyone is so much more amazing than the words, you know? Uh, and so I'm really honored to bring up Jazz Hudson. She is an incredible writer, poet, mama, creator, healer. She does all the things, y'all, really. Um, and I'm, yeah, like the first workshop, when I asked her, I was like, okay, so I'm, I'm putting these workshops together and will you be the first facilitator? She's like, yeah, Leah, got you. <laughs> and I was just like, like oh my gosh um and from there it just has grown so much and i'm i'm so yeah beyond honored um y'all please clap it up give the hearts make some like make the chat go off for jazz hudson peace happy saturday everybody can i get a thumbs up just to see if you can hear me okay dope um so this is probably like maybe my second reading performance whatever you want to call it on zoom so i'm still oh there's a fly here i'm still not used to uh the zoom format of just like you can't hear the people and then i'm going to be reading from my computer so i won't even see you all and so i know it's not traditional but if you want to like you know leave comments in the chat that's fine and if you want to unmute unquick you know unmute unquick unmute real quick say something that's fine like 
I um, believe in community. I was telling Ali this last night um, that I feel like community is a direct reflection of the work we do within ourselves, but the relationships we have with each other. And so for me, poetry has never just been something like for art's sake, it's always been a process of my healing or a process of a shared experience of somebody else's healing. And just hoping that I'm leaving something to provoke an emotion that you need in that moment or whatever it is spirit is called to give me. So yeah, that that's just my little intro and I'm jazz. <laughs> okay. Soul development. It can be a dark world sometimes. Don't be afraid. To be a source of light, it could be a dark world sometime. Don't be afraid to be a source of light. Soul development. In the beginning, I couldn't hear my mother's voice. The rest of the world was too loud. Every man was a cliff she held on to for dear life. Falling from heights made us invisible. Every death reminds me there are pieces of us still capable of living. I could never quite convince my mother that the earth waiting to bury itself inside of her didn't come from him. That the optimism of bruising, breaking, falling, stretching, even dying seemed more convenient than being alone. The comfort she found in stretching always seemed to amaze me, knowing someday. I would bear the same scars of womanhood, hoping when the moment of becoming elastic arrived, my body would know how to make meaning of blooming into something greater than myself. Is this what it means to evolve? My mother is a dark lake lit by moonlight. I can see her mistakes and the flaws of my reflection, a beautiful reminder of what a woman should never become when I search for her. My memory misconceives thoughts of a mother of a childhood well spent. I have always had a beautiful imagination, a longing for all things ugly to become pretty. I believe this trait was passed down to me. In the beginning, I couldn't hear my mother's voice. My world is a bunch of clanging pots. Neither one of us can speak over. I am learning to tune out the madness I was born into, discovering how to listen to my own. It could be a dark, well, sometimes don't be afraid to be a source of light. Peace. <sighs> okay. Yes, Jazz. Yes. Yes. And I don't be singing in front of people. Um, that song is called Source of Life. It's by a really dope group. Um, from Sacramento and they live here in Oakland. Um, they're educators, artists, um, angel parents, and just all around dope people. Their group is called Soul Development. Oh, I need it. One second. I gotta plug my computer up. Allie, say something while I'm plugging this up. Okay, so I just put the, the link for Soul Development in the chat. Go support their music. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> okay. How to heal. Let space live inside of you. 
Let it grow where life has yet to exist. Create rest and home inside your womb. Grow heartbeat. Push. Push hard because the world needs you. Let space grow a light inside of you and shine brightly with it. You shine brightly with it. You sacrifice all that you have if you need to. Your legacy deserves to live. Ashe. Um, trigger warning, trauma warning. Um, this next piece is called Black Girls. Um, it's a very emotional piece, uh, but I believe that it is necessary. Um, as I said before, I'm looking for water one moment. That for me, poetry is not just about, you know, poetry sake, art sake, um, but it should definitely speak to the times that we're in. I think Nikki Giovanni might've said that too. Um, so this piece speaks to the times that we're in, even though I wrote it a couple years ago. Um, and I hope that when I write a second portion to it, it speaks to the evolution that has come from the times that we were in versus where we are now. I see a snap. I'm, I'm like looking at my, my notes and then looking at the faces. <laughs> you see black girls like their bass loud for the smoke and the boom. Black girls be the smoke after the boom. Their skin, a cannon, ammunition, born encumbrance. Their invisibility of a silenced gender. Black girls be born earthquakes. Boom. Today, her name is Chantel Davis. For now, we'll call her Black Girl for short. Black Girl sits fermenting on the corner of a police officer's tongue, his mouth a mason jar. Police tend to be drunk with power. You see, Black Girl is moonshine, is the contraband that was brewed in white bellies and smuggled to this country. All the more reason for police to swallow Black Girl whole, all the more reason to make Black Girl disappear, her skin and encumbrance. It is seen as ammunition, a cannon, inherently aggressive. Her mere existence is threatening. Her magic is dangerous. All the more reason to make black girl disappear. You see, there is always a list of reasons as to why the black girl is dangerous. She had a tribe and they all took up space. The music in her car was as loud as her heartbeat. She made enough money to keep a home with locked doors. Black, black girl robbed a store and stole something worth her blood. She should have been ready to pay. What she was stealing would have just made her more belligerent, more niggerish. The black girl is troubled. The black girl is at risk. She is a delinquent. She fit the description. She didn't, but she could have. She didn't, but she should have and still. When the eyes of her family create a river, keeping her casket afloat for the rest of us to see, the same white bellies that brewed this black girl and swallowed her to death poke holes in her casket until it seeks deep enough to smother the smell of her corpse. You see, they create what they call remedies. Her gray point average is painted on the street in blood. Footage is released of the black girl being what they call herself. Her family is apologized to. A foundation may be made in her name. She may even be painted on a mural or a t-shirt and we'll call it quits for a few years, a few weeks, a few days until the next time black girl is being disrespected in broad daylight. Treated beneath contempt, 
while celebrating was rightfully ours, yet we still can't keep today. She is 23, I am 31, my daughter is 11. I am told this is an age of a danger zone. I am told this is a black market where black women and black girls like me and her disappeared. I am told I won't reach an age that isn't one today like so many others. Her name read black girl threat, not mother, not daughter, not sister, queen, someone worth protecting the backbone of this country. And I can hand you another obituary. I can give you a different date, a different time in the command to say her name. Like Sandra Bland, you can unmute for this. Like Sandra Bland, Ashe. Ashe, Sandra Bland, Ashe. Like Rakia Boyd, Ashe. Rakia Boyd, Rakia Boyd, Ashe. Like Charlena Lowes, Ashe. Charlena Lowes, Ashe. Ashe. Like Kayla Moore, Ashe. Kayla Moore, Ashe. Like Brianna Taylor, Ashe. Brianna Taylor. Brianna Taylor. Ashe. Like India Kager, Ashe. India Kager, Ashe. Like Nia Wilson, Ashe. Like Nia Wilson, Ashe. And all of the mothers, daughters, female identified, um, and men and loved ones and spirits that we have lost recklessly, those that we know their names and did not uplift today, those that we may not know their names, our ancestors, the ones that have sacrificed and paved the way, we say Ashe. 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 And so many others. I shouldn't have to say their names. And though Nia Wilson was at the hands of, wasn't at the hands of a police officer, the justice of her, her murder still weighs in the balance, imbalance like Liberty scale, dare I question America. Like Fannie Lou Hamer, I question America on how the protection of its women were never written into the narrative like its men were never seen as equal. I shouldn't have to say their names. We shouldn't have to say their names, but I know, I know we must uplift their stories until the atonement for the death of black bodies, the same death wished upon me, I wished upon the validity of this truth. I wish to unknow the symbiosis of violence. I wish to not be moonshine. I wish to not be a nigger. I wish to not just be another black girl. Boom. Peace. Yes, y'all, please give it up for Jazz. I have two more, is that okay? Yes, ma'am. I just, that one, I just always have to take a breath after that. Um, yeah, so thank you all for, um, being in that that piece with me too or that ritual that ceremony my sons faith is how we love as a function knowing who we are you can't have full-time blessings with part-time faith my sons are manifestations of faith 
Daily, they remind me of all things that are good in this world. They remind me to never stop healing. Love is everything. They are living proof of God's love for me. The most revolutionary thing I know how to do is raise my sons. Defining moments, train of thought, childhood memories. Wrestle with sanity, my father's fists swinging outside the closet I was born into origin. This country, his fear, his love, his God, my mind holds hostage, joy comes morning, morning, ability to grieve, something worth losing, no, when to let go, mother, reminds me this is process, community, trust the process, pastor, told me to fall in love with Jesus, people, fight to love me after a man named Jesus, broke my heart, voice, whispers, all you need is God, poet, Thought love didn't exist until she found it inside herself. Little boy blesses me with his smile every morning. Elder woman at the bus stop insisted on giving me her strength. Elder woman, my future, clumsy. Childhood memories left me with smiling scars. I am still learning how to look up when I walk. Little boy raising him in Oakland. Oakland boys like their bass loud for the boom and the smoke after boom, just like black girls, Florida boys slain. The smoke came after the bass boom too loud for a white man's comfort. Black boys born earthquakes, Jordan Davis, Trayvon Martin, Oscar Grant, Emma Till, Amadou Diallo, Sean Bell, my sons. Learning how to protect them is a daily process, my sons. Their future is more than just a notion, more than just a thought. My sons, teach me what it is to be a mother, an evolved spirit, an evolved being. I love them. Train of thought. And then I got one more. I think because Mother's Day is around the corner, um, I will do defining moments and then I'll end with like a little short couplet on love so I just don't leave y'all with all this uh heaviness to process is that cool Allie I can't see you huh cool all right mm -hmm. defining moments a lesson on giving birth defining moments a Kaiser nurse affirms the feeling that my womb is the most dangerous place for this baby to be tells me that Planned Parenthood would rid me of my burden for free, then lectures me about condoms. Just because you can get pregnant doesn't mean you should be a mother, she tells me. 18 and pregnant feels like staring down the barrel of a gun. The resounding sound of my mother's disappointment, this girdle can't hold my secrets much longer, defining moments. All the wars in my life seem to be giving birth to one another. Abortion clinics are cold. My best friend is praying and crying in the hallway. Every woman in the room looks like me. I wonder what safe house or calamity will be at the bedside if I go through with this. Defining moments. Why does it feel like this hospital has no statutes that favors girls like me? Pain feels crime here. Crying seems to not be an option. The male doctor who I requested not to have, his hands feel much larger than my cervix insists that your arrival shouldn't be giving me so much pain than whispers and asks my mothers if I've ever been violated before. Defining moments. You're coming. I can feel you coming. I'm telling them what my body needs to do. Everything they instruct me to do is against our innate greatness. As the nurse continues to question my choice to birth you naturally, 
everything they keep asking me to do is against my body's brilliance, your brilliance. In the background, I can hear your father arguing with the nurses to stop suggesting epidurals. He tells them that my spine is not up for compromise. He tells them that your life is not up for barter. Damn, you're not even in this world yet and I'm still fighting to keep you safe. Defining moments. I am a vessel, a portal. My spirit called, the ancestors are calling, envision, submission, prayers, answers. The source, one vein which carries oxygenated, nutrient-rich blood to the fetus and two arteries that carry away deoxygenated, nutrient-depleted blood. Man, my body knows what to do. I am the source. So you can't tell me this Black woman don't be God. Like I wasn't just a vessel between life and death. You can't tell me this woman don't be God. Like she wasn't just a portal. Like she didn't just barter with the ancestors. She, no sacrifice all too well, has been bleeding and bleeds for you and trusted to hold the secrets of the world in her womb. My son's first cellular composition was composed in my womb. These doctors don't know shit. 18 and pregnant, every subconscious and conscious thought in nine months crossed this placenta. This, all of this, nothing short of a miracle. So please forgive me if I cry. If even for a second, I take a moment to mourn my own body and embrace the new body, all aching, contorted, not as all as I remembered. Is it too much to ask? Too much to ask of you to make space for me as I prepare to transition, ascend, ascend this new level of my womanhood as I continue to be the source. As my breasts become tender and full, golden with ne nectar to nourish the sun, this black woman be God, but you posture against her, her, the source, even if she forgets, even if she has not been taught how to be gentle and make room for her. I am still the source, defining moments, Ashe. It's my couplet and I'm out. Um, here's some love. I had a whole lineup and then I'm gonna just close with the love. All right. The wedding. Before the universe broke its shell, it showed me love to the extent of no longer being capable to bond at the ends of disappointments and there was you. By, bene by benevolent chances and pretty goals of poets, rings slipped on fingers with the grace of a once forgotten delicate dream. Before the white gown and the significant signature on wooden amber tables and the exciting goodbye kisses that left light bulbs and leaves branches to mimic romance before the divorce, there was love. Prayer led us to each other. Two familiar hymns searching for our blessings in the broken and beautiful, God sent me to you. Reminded me that love should never compromise my heart and definitely not my queendom. That my songs were beautiful without pain and that heartache didn't, didn't make me more poetic. Thank you for praying with me. This love should always be acknowledged. The higher source that brought us here should always be acknowledged, keeping our ancestors in prayer in love and light. I am thankful daily for what we have created and what we will continue to build. Ashe, I mean, and so it is. Thank you. Ashe, thank you so much, Jazz. Yes, y'all, please give it up for Jazz in the chat with the little emojis, all of the, all of the ways, clap. You said with the little emojis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
Uh, oh, I'm, that was so beautiful that like we have such a treat, y'all. So our next speaker was a participant in the Raise Your Voice workshops. And I'm really excited because I remember I met her at this poetry spot and she was like, I don't know, Ali, I'm not going to go this week. And we would always like go back and forth, like, if we going to go, or we're not going to go. And so just seeing her bloom in the workshops has just been so beautiful. Please give it up for Ty Marie, y'all. I can't hear you. It's saying, um, yeah, I can't hear you. Let me see. Oh, wait, you were unmuted for like 0.5 seconds. <laughs> Y'all, please be patient with the Zoom. You know, it's always some Zoom technical difficulties. We are in retrograde, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, you're unmuted. It's connecting. I'm so excited that all of you are here. Okay, we'll come back to time. So our next reader was also a participant and um, I'm really excited. I've, I met them not at Mills, but we have so many Mills connections that it was like, what, how we didn't meet? Um, but the universe had other plans. And that's how I feel about their work. It's so cosmic, it's so ethereal. Please give it up, show some love for Brandon Logans. Hi. <laughs> um, I'm so happy to be here. Um, wow, I for some reason feel talkative when usually I just read. Um, <laughs> but okay, everyone can hear me, right? Thumbs up, cool. Um, and then I'm gonna read from my laptop. Okay. I often talk and I'm not surprised when my voice echoes. The body does not exist in spaces as a series of points and lines, as a series of reductions, as a series of words. There is I and my body, the space between us and the sky, me a wafer dream dissolving upon the tongue, like communion or compensation. This body is in a constant state of trying to breathe. The lungs try to hold the body together. I often hold onto the definite article to gain a foothold on the body and its definitions. My hips hang on curtain lines. I dance like three fish on land, a line of floundering flowers, a face caught by its own face in the mirror. The body is a gap, a frame for the mouth. What grows in the space the mouth frames? Electricity or fog haze? Sensation is a mirage. The body 
now a series of lights, glass to better magnify the panoptic gaze. The throat fluctuates, a period of nervous gulping. The body is separated from the context of its environment. It is removed from its many selves. The body becomes easier to manipulate. There is a story of the sun, which can be this nation or a massacre or an education where some bodies are perceived to be imaginary like numbers, where they only exist as means for theoretical conjectures. I feel like sometimes my body is conceived as a fixated point for a tongue to mull over, chew on, spit out, a history of objectification removed from its bone. Um, <laughs> uh, I, okay, I've been very at odds at which one I was gonna read. I have like two in my mind. Um, I feel like I'm gonna do the one that I didn't type out. So forgive me. Um, <laughs> um, but it feels on brand, it feels whatever. Um, again, I don't know why I'm so talkative. Um, but I, I wanted to do something from uh, one of the workshops I participated in instead. Okay. <laughs> when I walk in, I'm real like a chorus, repetition of harm across generation wrapped in aloe still breathing. My mouth in the shape of a song woven in bone, teeth a stretch of dreams, twisting the word into a refrain to replace heartbeat. I emerge from the sand encased in a shimmer of stars and raindrops, shimmer refracting sound, cataracts to entice like heat the fog to a pane of glass. Shape of river, honey goddess, shape of underworld, moon goddess, shape of inevitability, crone against the ocean beating back the waves into braids of music. When I walk in, I'm a story juxtaposed against a history that would seek to erase me in the twists of my hair. And yet, we are here, molten, changing, grief into land to bear more fruit, hummingbird and nectar, angles of dance and time, thighs a mountain, neck the gorge to rest, many fold an outpour, to unrestrict the airway, ethereal prism, real despite the wound. I flow and emerge as dipping flowers against the wind. When I walk, I reel like chords, vocal tremble a refrain cutting into this nation's dream that would seek to disembody me in its seams. I emerge in a continuation of birth Phoenix revivals rising before and after time, we emerge real despite the net, despite the poison, despite the lack of oxygen, radiant as night's tapestry, a void in which all are embraced, I maintain a rhythm of healing. For when I walk in, 
I am real, like a chorus that sings despite being made to believe I wasn't real. Despite being made to believe I would die young, despite a misuse of language to deny me shelter, I walk in real like a chorus to charge genocide again and again and again. I walk in real and dream and chorus and alive. Yes, Brandon, what? So everybody's crying now, okay. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Yes, I was so powerful. Was that from the last workshop we did with Adrian, right? Oh my goodness. Okay, yes. Wow, yeah, we're just gonna keep breathing through this whole event, y'all. Um, it's, a, it's a theme. Let me see, Ty, are you ready? Y'all please give it up for Brandon Logan's again. Like I said, emojis, the snaps, everything. Okay. Let me Can see. You me? Yes! Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I just got really excited. Yes. I'm sorry about that, guys. Um, Allie, thank you so much for allowing me to do this. I usually don't showcase, you know, the work I do. I'm I'm kind of shy. Um, then I'm not shy. Um, but I think it's time, um, especially in these times right now is going on. Uh, today was a, a real, real rough time for me. Um, just, you know, just got new somebody close to me that I used to be in a relationship with. And I don't mean to say this out loud, but I just want to feel like I need to get it out before I do this piece. Um, passed away today. And um, it's just like, it's just so much going on. And I think this right here is like the perfect timing to have this for releases, for to share with people, to hear what people have to say. Um, being in a community like this is is so beautiful, and I'm so grateful that you allow me to do this. Um, but I'm gonna just I'm gonna just hop right into it. Um, lost in the sea. Searching for me, torn can barely breathe in darkness. I bleed, lungs are filled with holy water. God stabilizing me, Holy Spirit. Spirit, Son, and Father, Lord, I need all three. See, there's power in the tongue, power in the mind, power in the heart. I cried out to God sitting alone in my apartment, and surprisingly, he responded back, gave me a sense of peace, a sense of belonging, Nourishing my body with love and assurance, giving me a new recipe to be. He is who he says he is. But as the enemy steadily trying to break me, the hand of God is moving with me, pushing back the forces of darkness that's trying to enslave me, enslave my mentality, confuse my morality and block me from my blessings here on earth. But no. 
No, I'm choosing to be the light in these times of struggles, in these times of pain and grief so I can reap more of those rewards he's been given to me. See, my God, your God has a last say, so I am. You can be the vessel he guides through. Just open your heart to let him in. Just open your heart to let him in and believe he can move mountains for you if only you allow him to. So open your heart to him and accept who he is because in these corrupted times, we fail to realize what's really, what's really important in our lives. The trauma-based experiences we need to heal from all needs to be fixed, known, and unknown, so embrace yourself, embrace your imperfections because they are uniquely you. And you have the power to mend back that broken relationship with God and yourself. So check your ego at the door. Dig deep, dig deep inside to fix what is separating you from being great. Be kind to yourself. Treat others with respect. Teach one another, love one another, pray for each other and allow all the negative thoughts in your mind to fall away through bad or even good days. In times of distress and or confusion, take a deep breath. And just know these experiences we experience makes us who we are. We are being birthed anew, shedding all the false pieces we thought were good. So what I'm trying to tell you is be guided to make better choices. Be guided to make better decisions to allow you to aim higher, to seek who you're supposed to be. For God, yourself, and humanity, trust yourself. Know who you are and use your power for good. Cause you're worthy, you're worthy of so much more. You're worthy, you're worthy of so much more. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you so much, Ty. Sorry, I'm over here like. Um, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for sharing with us. Um, yes, y'all, hearts. People are going off in the chat. It's a lot of love. Thank you. Um, yes, thank you so much. Our next speaker is going to be Mimi Tempest, y'all. Like I said earlier, I'm so bad at the bio thing. Like, I don't even want to do it. But just clap it up and show love for Mimi. <laughs> Hey y'all, uh, Tay, I wanna send you some, some love and my condolences. All right, uh, I wore dance on faceless memories, deciding against the rigorous threshold of a nuisance day. I spray paint my essence until the tables turn, music in back walls, alleyways of cigarette tails, screaming tricks. What you know about a Tuesday morning on a psychedelic trip down forever where bravado is a fairy tale of Mike could that never was and never was as the name of a black girl gone missing again down Sunset Boulevard. 
what you know about an LA woman, Jim Morrison almost got it right about me deep and wide into a quaalude of misfortunes, white boys with greedy hands and bloody noses, whisper mind fucks into a, a distant tidal wave of privilege as trajectory in the basement is where I slaved on a microphone for five years. Three of them I tap dance for pennies. The two after that, my mouth found its way onto every promoter's manhood. I told everyone I caught a lucky streak. That phrase was called the glitter guzzler. Where'd she go? Was she ever there? Is she here now? Has the poem been made? Where'd she go? And, and what you want to know about an LA woman? She's devil horned, withstands radiant levels of torturing loneliness, hazes of hatred locked into infinite doldrums of, be of begging for forever, for honest mistakes that are now too late to correct. I'd give you my tongue and swallow my fury if I thought it could save me. I'd close my eyes again and never wake up if I remembered how he always romanticized about the opportunity of tomorrow. He doesn't pick up my, call, my calls anymore. He turned into a Mexican mule. He turned me out and left me cold to call himself hero. I drop everything I am now to have another moment just to kiss his jackass face. You see, I was in love once. And now once means never. His lies lasted as quick as it took for me to get dressed again and hit the pavement searching for my next angry fix. I was just falling with my eyes stitched closed. I was just swallowing to avoid a hollowing of timestamps, disguises, meaning making. My tulip memories have been reduced to loops of false youth. I was just running through that ghost city pretending to be diva. I was just fucking all the zombie men with thick dicks and false hopes to turn me shooting as star. Where'd she go? Was she ever there? Is she here now? Has the poem been made? Where'd she go? And that's when God found me on Broadway. Claimed I was an impossible thing, looked me up and down with the same content that holds steady in my father's eyes and said, look at you. This is the 10th time I caught you snorting cocaine on a Sunday and late past midnight made a friend out of you. And up till dawn got a new girlfriend. You call it free love dancing, but the stuttering in your chest is a skip away from a full stop. And so it goes another night in my hundred year battle with the devil disguised as God. And it feels heaven-like on this trip through hell and my body armor is a pound of sweat and my eyes dilate into my next target, a fast fix for the eternal levy that is leaking from my heart. And this poem that I'm telling you now has been whispering unholy in my ear for three years. I conjured up the exoskeleton of a misplaced existence and counted three lives in a decade dedicated to the deterioration of an old soul. I am young in no one's heart. Where'd she go? Is she here now? Has the poem been made? Where'd she go? And all the theory in the world won't unwrite me. And every mic in my hand isn't a confessional. And every time I put lipstick to plank glory on my face, I disguise it as an opportunity to hide. And maybe I was never reliable. And maybe I was never here at all. And when they say she's a good girl, they're right about me. And when they wish to frame me for all my sins, I hope they win too. And maybe I'm both first and third person. And maybe I took it all too seriously. And maybe my eyes had to be pretty to balance out the rape renditions that come fire breathing out my mouth. My mother has a more beautiful way of sighing through life. And maybe I was always here, but your eyes weren't trained to see me as I am. So I become what I never could. And maybe this poem is just a terrible testimony. And maybe a testimony is a miracle come true. And maybe I was just bored the entire time. Where'd she go? 
Is she here now? Has the poem been made? Where'd she go? And maybe I woke up on a Saturday and didn't feel like trying too hard. And maybe I've been trying hard my whole life. And maybe I'd be buying new hats for all my old faces. Was the poem made? Was she ever there? Am I even exist? Is exist even an I? Can I redact the frame they place on me today, yesterday, really be feeling like tomorrow? Maybe I'm both first and third person, but always in last place. And maybe I was the big idea. And when they say she's a good girl, they're right about me. And when they wish to frame me for all my sins, I hope they win too. And for all my sins they wish to frame, I hope they win too. Where'd she go? Is she here now? Has the poem been made? Where'd she go? All right. Yes, Mimi, I love the casual pause. Yes, <laughs> fire, blame, the chat's going off. Yeah. All right, I, I got one more piece for you. It's, it's, a, it's a, mother's, a mother piece, something soft. So this is called The Power of My Mother's Voice. Uh, in this state of decay, she makes beautiful all that she can running in our veins. Oh shit, I read that wrong, sorry. Let me start over. <laughs> in this state of decay, she makes beautiful all that she can. Running in our veins are our mother's dreams long gone. In this state of decay, she makes beautiful a wish for life brand new. Her prayers act as halos, her mistakes act as lessons. Her youth flying south, migrating in a cloudy ethos. Its wings dusted, a potential burned low. In the state of, de of decay, she makes beautiful the grayish tint that haunts her hair. A smile dim lit with fire. There are whispers of life that she did not let grow. In the state of decay, she makes beautiful all that she can, which isn't much. But the precision of her love when magnified and seen in our blood lights the eternity of a universe, nebulas and stars that have collapsed and died in her mind. She gives birth to new galaxies that reside in us. Thank y'all. Yes, so beautiful. Love you, Mimi. Everyone, please go buy Mimi's book. It's in the chat if you don't have it already. If you have it already, buy it for someone else. Um, it'll be a nice gift. All right. So our last reader before we get into our Q&A is Tongo Eisen Martin. Yeah. Come on, Tongo. <laughs> like, welcome, everybody. Everybody's just so amazing. I just love it. Um, you can... Um... You can tell by my tires that not everybody who's driven with me is still alive. Also, that I like my drinks neat bottled and in a bus stop. Also, that we drowning in precinct paper department store floor plans and applications to the moon. We can change the color of our snot from gifted to heart attack and tell you about ashes, but where are all these angels coming from smelling like the cigarette that fails? And why is the man on the safe side of these headlights freezing up? You got nothing to say at my funeral, I'll speak on your behalf. Heroin in my smile, mouth made a flatland robbery. Among some things on my mind, the last door run in the name of shed after life, Friday to the filter, I'm a tall tale on earth. But here's to that angel that never appeared to America. 
and a night of dog paddle and a batch of hangovers looking for a home. You know, a lot wouldn't have lived this long. That's my human when fences speak. Holding a pair of rambling dice that got unique tempers and young souls that say, shut up about our city. I hear title months crash over a coast while a lot of streets teeth are in pieces. There's reservoir art on the faces of stragglers. There's sad news from back home that mean we have to grow up on his behalf. Stumble back to a car full of last stand. The truth is stale, but still liquor. Mission Street will be proud of me. I'm a mural man, almost organized. Remember when my lungs would wake up last walking all morning, if it was worth this shit, I'm three decades homeless. <laughs> and reservoir art is all I ever see. And I'm 2,000 miles from my first fight. Maybe no one really survived. Maybe I wrote my first poem for no reason. I'm off to make a church bell out of a bank window. Kitchens meant more to the masses back in the day and before that we had no enemy. Somewhere in America, the prison bus is running on time. You're gonna lose your job before a revolution is. Somewhere I won't be home for breakfast. Everyone out here now knows my name and I won't be turned again for at least four months. The cop in the picket line is a hardworking rookie. The sign in my hands get more and more laughs. It says the picket line got cops in it. I can take care of those windows for if you want, someone else got to go inside your gas tank. It was clear to man that rich people had talked too much this year. Uh, hey, why don't you go ahead and throw down that marble park bench everyone's looking up at, you know, get the fucking Romans out of your mind. Maybe a good night's sleep would have changed the last 20 years of my life playing the instruments like punching the wall. What, what, what would you have me do? Replace the population, get brotherhood back to the winter, stop smoking cigarettes with the barely dead. You know, they listen in on the Sabbath. Police called the police on me. There was a white candlestick beneath my detention. I ruined the soup again, thought the judge as he took off his pilgrim robe behind the white people's door and more. I didn't get lucky, I got what was coming to me. He told, say, fight me back, the man said. Of course to himself, washing windows with a will to live, tin can on his left shoulder, enjoying the bright brand new blight with all party goers, both supernatural and supernaturally down there. What the fuck is this elevator? Traveling side to side, like 1,000 bill of Polaroid pictures that you actually try to eat. All the furniture on this street nailed to the cement cheap furniture, but we have commitment. This morning, an essay opens a conversation between enemies. Why? Because you control every grain of processed sugar between here and a poor man's border. Because in the tin can on my left shoulder, I can hear the engines of deindustrialization. You should get in the painting, you know, tell lies more deeply. And this month, I'm rooting for the traitor, carting cement to my pillow here. We will build. I'm high again, not talking much. I, I want you climb up the Oregon pipe to our apartment floor. I'm high again. Calling everything church, singing along to a courtyard, thanks to a horn player's holy pass. I mean, I'm just putting a real jacket on it. Talk about a real five years. Keep memories like these in the pocket next to the tall receipt, man. That man lost the wager with the God of good causes. I mean, stood up for himself a little too late. Shit, maybe too early. I can still see 20 angles of his jaw zigzagging through the cold world of deindustrialization. There's an art to it. I'll tell my closest friends one day, you know, all street life to a certain extent starts fair. Sometimes with a spiritual memory, even pre-dying soul clap, your father dying even. And maybe I'll push the city too far. My sensitivities the landfill districting and minister whistles, white supremacists, graffiti on westbound rail guards all overcome and reauthored. Reauthored by revolutionary violence that chose its own protagonist, a muted stage of genius. You know, the garbage is growing voices, condensed Marxism for warrior depressives underpasses in their pockets because they just might be deities a decent bit on the panther name of merciful Marxism. This quiet at home life, a metaphor for relaxing next to a person who is relaxing next to a gun. I stared at my father for a few seconds, then returned to my upbringing. <laughs> returned to the souls of Ohio black folk revolution, then they're pegging at this point. You know what the clown wants? The respect of the ant. Wants to interpret pain only. Wants to pull a 38 out of a begging bowl. Wants me to hurt my hand on this pen. Not tired of these rooms. 
Just tired of the world to give them relativity. My only change of clothes prosecuted. The government has finally learned how to write poems. Shootouts that briefly align. That make up a parable. Or parables like um, white bodies are paid well. Do white men even have leaders? Are all white people white men? A rat pitches a river. Can almost touch the racial divide. Can almost roll a family member's head into a city hall legislative chamber. Knows who in this good book will fly. All I do is practice, Lord. Deciding not to talk out of anger ever again. Met my wife at the same time I met new audience members for our pain. We pass each other cigarettes and watch cops win. A city gone uniquely linear, Harlem of the West, do a true universe. I'll always remember you in fancy clothes, my wife said. So here I sit, twisting in silk ideation. Rifle made of post bellum tar, targets made of an honest language. This San Francisco poetry is how God knows it is me whining. <laughs> Riding among the lesser respected wolves, lesser observed militarization, Dixie List prison bookkeeping. I mean, the California Great Coast are coming. List mob gossip and bourgeois debt collection. I mean, it's tempted to change professions mid poem. In the Chicago briefing, the white sergeant saying, blank slate for all of us after this black organizer is dead. Standard academics tossing two buck wine at the tank parade. Bay of nothing, Lord. Just nuclear cobblestones, gun line, athleticism, and elasticity, inherited asthma. Children giving white dolls to play with and fear of facial expressions. Ball from rich people's shoestrings. I can hear hate and teach hate and call tools by people names and name people dead to themselves. No one getting naturalized except feral agents soon. Carving the equator in the throat soon. I'm sorry to make you relive all, relive all of this, Lord. You know, all of this pre-dying monarchy friends putting up politician posters and snorting the remainder of the pace. Mistral script shoveling into the walls by the elders, my children, sharpening their quarters on the city's edge. For these audiences, I project myself into a ghost-like state. For these gangsters, I do the same. Every now and then, take a nervous look east. You know, sleep becomes Christ, sleep starts growing a racial identity. Do you have a spiral, Lord? As the gang age betrayed us, be patient with my poems, Lord. So much pain is a point to cry, I mean, it has to be if race traders come with it. Lord, is that my revolver in your hand? You know, better presidents than these of y'all in the cages have called us holy slaves, filled the school libraries with cop documentaries. Baby, I don't have money for food. Shit, I don't have a present moment at all. I go to the railroad tracks and follow them to the station of my enemies. A cobalt tooth man pitches pennies at my mugshot negative all over the United States. There are toddlers in the rock. I mean, I see why everyone out here got in the big cosmic basket and why blood agreements mean a lot and why I get shot back at. I understand the psycho spiritual refusal to write white history or take the glass freeway. White skin tattooed on my right forearm ricochet sewage near where I collapsed into a rat infested manhood. My new existence is living graffiti in the kitchen with a lot of gun cylinders to hack up. House of God in part, no cops in part. My body brings down to Christmas. The new bullets pray over blankets made from the old bullets. Pray over the 28th hour's next beauty mark. Extrajudicial Confederate statue restoration. The waistband before the next protest post. Hey, by the way, time is not an illusion, your honor. I will save your desk for last. You are witty, your honor. You're moving money again, your honor. It is only raining one thing. Non-white cops. And prison guard shadows reminded me of spoiled milk floating on an oil spill. A neighborhood making a lot of fuss over its demise. A new lake for a Black Panther party. Malcolm X's ballroom jacket slung over my son's shoulder, the figment of village, a new news to a new white preacher all in an abstract painting of a president they bought slavery some time, didn't it? The tension screeches of military bolts in election Tuesday caused a cold-blooded study in leg irons proof that some white people have actually fondled nooses. That sundown couples made their vows of love over opaque piece plastic and bolt-action audiences. The Medgraver second is definitely my favorite law of science. Final news clippings and primitive Methodists, my arm changes imperialism, simple policing versus structural frenzies, elementary school script versus even wider white spectrums, artless bleeding in a challenge of watching civilians think of terrible rituals they have around the corner. They let their elders beg for public mercy. 
I'm gonna go ahead and sharpen these kids' heads in the arrows myself and see how much gravy spills out of family crest. Modern fans of war, what, 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 with their t-shirt poems and t-shirt guilt and me having on the cheapest pair of shoes on the bus. I had no choice but to read the city walls for signs of my life. The <laughs> end. Yes, Tongo. Y'all, the chat flames, flames. Everybody was fire. Everybody. Like I need I need everyone to just go off for for Tongo, for Mimi, for Brandon, for Ty, for Jazz. I'm like, <laughs> rounds of applause. Yes. Um, all right. So we're gonna get into the QA. I think we can go gallery for that, right? Yes, I'm like, hello everyone. Um, I don't see any questions though. Do y'all have questions? I know. If not, I'm gonna ask some questions. Oh, thank you for being here, Kirsten. Yes. Oh, thank you, Adrian. I'm like, the chat. All right, so I have some questions. So I see some folks who have been to variants of the workshop. So if this is you, just I think you should answer it too. Um, but I wanted to ask uh, my two participants who were readers, uh, Brandon and Ty, like how it felt for you to read in this event today. You might still be processing it right now, but like, yeah, from reflecting on when we had the workshops, because some of them, like I said, in person last year, this year, Zoom, like all the things. So for you, what was like one reflection from the workshop and and how it feels to be in the space now. I guess I go, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really think this was something that I can, I, I like, I felt the release. Like, I, I really felt a release as of the workshops we were, you know, in you know, kind of more structured and we, this, I, I felt, that I needed to give something back. I don't know if like that makes sense, but I I really enjoyed this because it's, it's allowed me to open up more and it's allowed me to give my talents, to show my talents to others and hopefully inspire other people um, to spark something in, in their creative writing and me listening to everybody. It's like, we, we all are so different but yet we are still in the same circle. Um, and it's just, it was just a beautiful thing to hear all the different um, artists and in, in, in different um, views of, of, of things that, you know, you may have gone through or that you've seen. Um, and it just was a beautiful thing. And I like, I really appreciate being a part of it. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Ty. Uh, Brandon, did you want to answer too? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to pick on you. What's it called? This was, I mean, it was great just because uh, I haven't been able to spend time with uh, someone who's really busy named Tongo. And so it was great <laughs> to spend some time with them. Um, what's it called? I think, like, in terms of like the workshop stuff, um, Sometimes 
I probably tend to be more like abstracted and like less of a affirmative. And so it was nice to kind of experience works or workshops that kind of pushed like aff affirmative language versus mm. a language that I feel like I tend to lean on. Mm. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Brandon. Um, all right, so for my, my, for my facilitators, Jazz had to go. So it's Mimi and Tango. I'm like, questions for y'all. Um, what was your experience like, like facilitating the space? I always say that I let people do their own thing, have their own flow. You two had completely different workshops. Um, and it was really cool to see, to witness. So I just wanna hear from y'all. What was it like facilitating your spaces? Wait, who to? You and Tongo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, I thought you said jazz. Um, I said to go. Um, I, um, it was beautiful. It was, it was really beautiful. I, I like to, uh, I liked, um, I, my favorite part in, in my workshop was teaching folks um, the alternative to the hero's journey, which a lot of people don't know about. So that was really fun and seeing folks to res like respond to that was, um, was, was really beautiful. Yes, thank you, Mimi. That was really cool. Tango. Uh, it, it was dope. Um, I, I loved how the, um, you know, just just how almost like self grounding the workshop was, or collectively self grounding. Um, you know, it was really almost. Uh, you know, it, it, it was it was it was a, it was a groovy little spiritually experience. Or was or or linked on a kind of an emotional potential that often workshops don't lean on. You know, cats are just trying to um, either you know get the martial art or or um, you know or, or 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 even chase the dragon. You know, try to get you know try to get up. It was nice and um, you know. It was nice and sane, you know. <laughs> that was the, and so it's just like it, it actually it shows like it, you know like the um, like it really where a lot of the heavy lifting of of a given moment education really takes place and how it's grown. So it was, you know, it, it was it was a lot to build on um, because we were just in a nice we were at a nice cruising altitude and I dug that. Yeah, I remember you had come in and we were already kind of like in a groove and you were like coming from somewhere and then you're like, wait, could we like reground? I was like, yeah, everyone was like, for sure. And we all just like went into a little meditation and reset for the workshop. Um, and it was cool because we really all just ended up on, like you said, that altitude. Uh, okay, thank you all for answering those questions. Um, I want to see if other folks have questions. I was like, that was me getting some some juicy questions out. Let me see. I'm gonna have to pick on some people. Is that what this is? Adrian's like, yes. Okay, Adrian, what was it like for you, being someone who participated in the workshops but also facilitated a workshop? Yes. 
I love the workshop. I love participating. Um, I guess just to echo what Tango said about you being an awesome facilitator who like sets the tone. And I think I even said that when I facilitated, I was like, I do these healing writing workshops where I do the meditation and all that before we start writing. But Allie already did. She did all the things like, you know, it's really a testament to the spirit you bring to the work. And I really appreciate that because in academic spaces, I don't know what's happened. Well, I know what's happening, but like the spirit is kind of being removed from the work and you're bringing that back. And it was really magical to experience that as a participant and then to come in and be like, wow, that makes such a difference. Could you imagine if at our meals workshops, like we started with like meditation and grounding and the diffuser going and all that, it would just be a different, and snacks. <laughs> this would be a different experience. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I did have one class, one workshop where we like, Started it off in a, like a visualizing meditation. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Um, but it's it's true. It was really different. And um, yeah, I'm so grateful. <sighs> the space was definitely like, I was saying earlier, like an I- idea that I had. And I was like, Stephanie, these are the workshops I want to do. This is how I want to do it. And she was like, for sure, Ellie, whatever support you need, the department has you back. Um which I was like, yeah, we're going to make this happen. Um, Let me see. So y'all know every workshop I made like a playlist for. I made a playlist for this. It's in the Padlet. Um, Let me see. Okay. Does anyone have any questions, like final questions? I I mean, yeah, I feel like there's so many different things. (laughs) Ellie, how are you so goddamn magical? (laughs) <laughs> no. no that's not is that a real question <laughs> no why are you in Stephanie yes Troy? that is a question <laughs> oh my gosh I don't even know how to respond to this question what do you say I'm just me <laughs> awkward um wait y'all <laughs> Everybody's trolling me in the chat, okay? <laughs> I just want to know what you're going to do with all your Padlets now, because, like, who are you going to share these with? Like, where so, are they going to go? <laughs> I'm a nerd. I'm a very much a nerd. And the Padlets, for the most part, are actually hyperlinked on my website already. If you click on the pictures of the people um, <laughs> from the workshop, I was like, I'm going to hyperlink these. Um, if they're not all there, it's because... I have, I have a lot of homework to do. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, they're, um, they live somewhere. So you can check them out. Oh my goodness. Me, was that a real question? I'm like, girl, child. I'm just trolling you like I always do. I know. Okay. Um, let me think. That I mean, if there if there are no more questions, then this event is it's at the end. Um, I just want to thank everyone for being here, for taking time out of your day to be present in the space, um, and to all of our participants, all of our facilitators, 
folks who have done a little bit of both. Like, I'm just so grateful for you all and your support through this series. Like, yeah, I don't like, it was such a, like, <laughs> it was just such a, um, oh God, of course I was going to cry. Uh, it's like a dream and like the space where I was like, I really want to have these workshops where we get to like cultivate community and do it in a way that's not us just talking about it um, and encourage people to write in a way that wasn't going to like shame them out of it. Um, and I saw it like multiple times and whenever someone's like, oh, you can't like have spaces on Zoom, I'm like, you're lying. You're not trying because I see it every month and, and it's beautiful. And it's like, I don't know, it's so wild. Um, two of the participants, they started in person and then came to the, the like online and they ended up becoming writing buddies. They would like meet up on Zoom and write together and like share their writing and like talk about what they were doing. Um, just as like the pandemic was beginning, um, you know, going off in, in California and it was beautiful, like talking to them because they were like, yeah, we, we were kind of like accountability buddies, but also like just sharing our experiences, um, as like folks from like working class families and just, yeah, hearing folks talk about their experience for me is just beyond, um, I'm so grateful for all of you and yeah. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Much love, everybody. That's it for this episode on WATV Radio. We appreciate you joining us and listening in. Have any questions about this podcast, any of our guests, or have topics that you'd like for us to explore for future programming? Feel free to reach us on our socials. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at WATV underscore Oak. And on Facebook, we're at WATV dot Oak.